good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Courtney Cuff, Henny Cutter gave me. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kudagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Minnesota 350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Hey, it's Friday, and it's uh, State Senator Mary Kunish Day here at Native Ritz Radio, and we're always super proud and happy to have the state senator stop in and give us an update on what she's thinking what she's doing and uh what's happening here at the i would say the greatest state minnesota or the greatest state in the country minnesota welcome state senator well thank you again for uh having me on the show and and uh talking about the things that are going on around minnesota it's still really hot up here uh in a lot of ways uh it's uh, hotter than I, you know, we remember it to be, but um, we'll have to see how that all falls out in the next couple of years around climate, uh, you know, the climate issue and um, what we can do to make sure that, you know, we aren't destroying the earth here and now and and putting in uh, really good practices. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so speaking of really good practices, I, I guess last uh, or yesterday or two days ago now, uh, you were at uh, Farm Fest. Is that what it's called? Farm Fest? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here in Minnesota, there is um, uh, every year down in Redwood County, Minnesota, we, um, there's a it's like a conference, you might say, of uh, farmers and agricultural um Things like it's like a mini state fair almost for agriculture, and uh, so there's uh, folks from all over the state come on this big field on somebody's farm, and there are exhibitors like crazy, um, and you know sponsors that are there, and then um, they have um, you know they have some events, but they also have um, discussion around. Uh, what's happening in agriculture across the across the state? Um, they they always have, which I like, is um, the Farm Fest Woman Farmer of the Year Award. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, that always honors honors the hardworking fe- uh, women farmers all across Minnesota. You know, they um, we, we do have women that are the primary farmer on their, on their, um, farm, you know, they don't have, it's their farm. They don't have a man that, that has the, you know, does all the Mm -hmm. work. Um, but they do that also with their partner, with their husband or whoever. And, um, oftentimes they are doing, you know, double, triple, uh, responsibilities on the, on the, on the farms, raising children, taking care of the family, taking care of the home, getting out there and helping their, their husbands, supporting them. A lot of them work off, you know, farm women work off the farm to make, you know, bring money into the farm um, that is secure. But um, this year there were five finalists uh, for the Farm Fest Women Farmer of the Year Award. There uh, was a young woman named Carrie Olson, she grew up on the farm with her um, sisters and her dad, and um, she studied economics and agriculture and crop and weed science, and then she went back to her farm, and she's been working alongside her parents to transition into um, you know, a more productive but regenerative way of, far- of farming. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really great. Um, Alma, Com, um, I think it's Combat. She's from Owatonna. She is like, she's what I would call an elder farmer. Um, mm-hmm. She's been, you know, worked with her family growing up in Deerfield, Deerfield Township. 
uh, went to a one room country school. Um, and she worked with her husband alongside her husband. But when he died um, in the 90s, she continued running that operation. She's 83 years old and she still takes wow. care of a lot of the the um, farm business. And Debbie Morrison from Mora, um, she actually grew up in the Twin Cities and she mm-hmm. met her husband there. Uh, and he was an officer in the Navy and they traveled all over the place. And then um, when they returned to... Um, the Twin Cities, uh, she um, purchased and built a home and, and they're re- restoring 40 acres of dormant fe- uh, hay fields to primitive prairie. And so they're doing a, you know, more of a restorative kind of agriculture. Um, there was another young woman, Rochelle Crinky from Lester Prairie. And um, she grew uh, also grew up on the farm. She was the third of five kids, and she was very active in 4-H and, and those sort of things. So um, she ended up marrying a farmer and, and never having milked a cow in her life. She uh-huh. and her husband are now uh, dairy farmers. And Rachel Gray down in Black, Black Dock, she um, grew up on the same farm that she's running today. Cool. And um, she has seen the change over time and um, w- decided to be a teacher. But then um, after teaching for a number of years, she went back to farming, which, you know, uh, like we say, you and I are both teachers and we can bring um, I think we can see a lot of commonality in other professions, um, but working on a farm, uh, herding cattle and uh taking care of things is very similar to to an educator so um herding cats yeah herding cats is more like it so it was very interesting to to uh listen and learn about these women and um there's a there's a organization called 100 rural women here in minnesota that work together and and support each other and uh, it's just really fascinating when we look at, um, you know, women in, in agriculture. And we don't all often hear about that. Yeah, there's also a, a been a push the last few years as BIPOC, too, in agriculture. Uh, did you see any any BIPOC people there uh, at FarmFest? And I make FarmFest sound like, like a big rock concert, but uh, it, it sounds very interesting. Uh, is there a big push for BIPOC uh, farms? So there is a huge return on um, uh, of uh, folks of color um, getting into the agricultural uh, world again. Um, you know, when you think about the black people that were brought over as slaves and they worked hard um, in agriculture all those years of, of being slaves and many of them became share crop um, holders afterwards. Um and, uh, you know, just in many ways were pushed out of that. Right. And so there are dollars from USDA, the United States Department of Agriculture, that, um, you know, will help to uh, get women and, and farmers of color back on farms again. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, there was a little form that somebody gave me um, and it's um, it's from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, and it's for farmers and ranchers, and uh, it's it's some reparations for anyone of uh, those that have experienced discrimination in the USDA farm lending um, practices. Wow! Yeah, and so um, there's two point two. A billion dollars in funding that's available to farmers and ranchers who experience discrimination, and uh, and prior to January first, twenty twenty one, and so those those deadlines, the deadline for applying for those dollars is October thirty first of twenty twenty three. So if um, you know there's folks out there listening who have experienced that. Um, you know, I'm going to give Haley the number or the uh, um, the, the website, and you can post it on there. But uh, yeah, there is a lot of. I didn't see a lot of folks of color. The woman who gave me this is actually from the USDA, and she's uh, a, a woman of color. So, 
Yeah, awesome. Hey, we're here with State Senator uh, Mary Kunish, and we're talking, uh, I, go, I like to say the word potpourri of things today uh, here on Native Ritz Radio. We're always glad to have her on. And uh, we're, ta- we're talking about uh, just uh, great things here in Minnesota and what's happening. Uh, you know, maybe, Mary, we can just touch a little bit about uh, August 1st and uh, what, what your take is on that, because I know there were lines at Red Lake Nation for that uh, that dispensary they have up there and see what you've heard. All right. Okay. So, sounds, sounds good. Great. Right on. Hey, you're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and we'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. If the statistics say that one in three Native women and one in six Native men have experienced sexual assault in their lifetime, it means our whole community is affected by sexual violence. One is too many. Don't stand by. Stand up. Don't engage in acts of sexual violence and shut down the dirty jokes, the gossip, the victim blaming and shaming. As a community, we can change the way we respond. Contact the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition to attend a workshop to learn more. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, this is Robert Pilot. I taught in St. Paul Public Schools for over 25 years, and I want you to join the team and make a difference in our children's future. Right now, St. Paul Public Schools is offering hiring and retention bonuses up to $10,000 for a variety of teaching and classroom support positions for the next school year. Grow in a supportive and fulfilling public school setting. Limited bonuses are available, so don't delay. Apply at spps.org slash careers. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Metro Transit is proud to offer the free use of Ira for transit trips, an app that connects blind and low-vision customers to a live agent for navigation assistance. Ira can help you determine your location, read schedules, find your next transfer, navigate stations and platforms, and general trip planning, and is now available in Spanish. Learn more and download the app at aira.io. That's A-I-R-A dot I-O. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Great organization and a great national organization. They do uh, work all over the Turtle Island and they've been big supporters of Native Ritz Radio from day one. So we just want to give them a big shout out. Hey, we're here with State Senator Mary Kunish and we're talking well, we're just catching up, and yeah, I think one of the vibe of our show is is just having a laid back discussion. And state senator has been, uh, and I always bring this up, but and kind of embarrass you, but uh, uh, you were the first uh, politician that we ever had on years ago, and you kind of broke that uh, door down for us, and I think made it comfortable for other politicians to come on. So. Really, I just got to give you a big peeny gee on that, and thank mm-hmm. you, and thank, thank you for you. remaining. Uh, our uh, our uh, our guest here every week on Native Ritz Radio. So thanks again. You bet. You bet. Happy to be here. Awesome. Hey. Uh, so August first happened, and you know our relatives up up at Red Lake uh, had a had it going on. What is uh What did you have you gotten out of this, or what have you heard about uh, the depository up in Red Lake? And I know they were way ahead of the game because they were into medical marijuana for those couple of years prior to that. 
Yeah. Yeah. They, um, they were getting ready for August 1st in Minnesota, Minnesota to open up their, their dispensary up there. And, you know, by all accounts, uh, even though it was a rainy, rainy day, uh, it was very well organized and, um, it didn't seem, there didn't seem to be, you know, much of any problems. Uh, that I've heard about up there other than they've had a really overwhelming response and um, not just with their, you know, their uh, in-person um, product, but their online order. I don't know. Have you heard about that? They had to maybe close down their online store so that they can support the in-person business. No, I, you know, I did not even know that they had an online store. That's really interesting because we had Bob Blake on a couple of days ago and he's a Red Laker. And I always like to say Bob Blake from Red Lake. Red Lake. What's, yep. my, what's my problem? But I've known him and his family for a million years. And uh, uh, he did not mention that. He was talking about, you know, we, we talk a lot about sovereignty and how they were able to put it up on their land and the differences between sovereignty and uh, what that really means, you know, you know, we're United States is sovereign to, uh, you know, to Germany and also to Red Lake Nation. And it's the same kind of government to government sovereignty that yeah. we, we talk about. And people don't always understand that. That's for sure. Um, you know, understanding treaties and the sovereignty, the sovereign rights and um, the the necessity for government to government uh, collaboration, recognition, respect, authority is, you know, I hate to say it, it's sort of a new concept for a lot of people uh, because it had been totally ignored for so long. So I'm glad you're talking about it. Yeah. And I, and you deal a lot with it. So it's, it's awesome to, uh, to see it in action and that they're able to do these things and uh, like put up a dispensary and it being, somewhat celebrated in the state as opposed to these bad Indians doing bad things up, up north, right? Right. Well, you know, and I, I think uh, Minnesota has come a long way in just the last seven years or so since I was uh, in, elected into the, to the legislature. But, um, you know, the fact that Governor Walls has insisted on, on um, all of the governmental entities, all the commissioners, all the agencies, the employees um, go through a tribal um, like education process so that they understand the, the rules and the laws and the respect that they're supposed to be showing the other, um, the tribes. Um, you know, it doesn't hurt to have Peggy Flanagan as our lieutenant governor, always reminding the gov at the governor's level uh, the necessity for it. But also, and we talk about this all the time, you know, how um, representation really matters in the fact that we have three Native women in the House and me in the Senate. Who, and we are constantly, I mean, I remember those first probably four years always asking in all of our committees have you consulted with the tribes on this? If it's something that's going to affect the tribes and almost anything is going to, have you consulted with the tribes? Have you talked to your local communities, uh, native communities about these things? And the, at first they'd kind of look at us like, no, are you crazy? We never do that. And then, you know, they kept hearing it and hearing it. And eventually um, they actually did start to do that more and more. And I think it also empowered the tribes to be proactive as well, where maybe before um, they didn't feel like they could come to the Capitol and, and be a part of the discussion where now that, you know, I see uh, leaders and uh, members there all the time during session, you know, almost in every committee, there's somebody sitting in there and listening and understanding that um, all those decisions not only affect, you know, Minnesota, but it also affects our tribal nations. And um, so it's been a really great um, progress over the last couple of years. Really good point. And I think, State Senator, I've been to the Capitol more in the last probably two years than I had in the previous 10. And I yeah. think the only time I was there prior to that was for a protest and not yeah. not uh, visiting you in your office or or listening to uh, testimony and things like that on how the government works. 
Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it's it's it can be really intimidating to come in and speak to an issue. You know, I think a lot of people see us all sitting up there and are, and are like, oh, my gosh, these are, you know, elected officials. But we're just like anybody else. And, um, you know, most of us want to hear what you all have to say. Sometimes we don't always like what people say. But it certainly um, helps us uh, have an informed decision when it comes to legislation. Yeah, and I think uh, people in your district, uh, along with the state of Minnesota, it's pretty easy to come up and have a conversation with you. And mm-hmm. I think that that's the the more welcoming thing, too. I, I think in years past, maybe some of the politicians did stand a little taller than they might have should have been. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, and I, I think there's a change at the at the legislature, and we're trying to be much more welcoming and let folks know that no matter where you live in Minnesota, we really want to to see you and hear from you, and um, I think it's a good positive change. I do too, and I, I don't know personally if there's been any kind of confrontational things happening at the Capitol per se, with uh, face-to-face legislators. There's probably disagreements, but I don't see it going over the top. But again, I'm not there every day like you you are during session. <laughs> you know, that has really kind of changed, too, since um, I was elected. There were some um, legislators that would, you know, uh, attempt to intimidate other legislators on the other side of the aisle. Um, you know, the ones that kind of were loud and and tall and big and uh, intimidating women, especially some of our newer, younger uh, women legislators. But uh, back in the day when, when I was first elected, um, they fought back. The women fought back yeah. and called these guys out. And in fact, we... Uh, we ended up having one of the, you know, the worst, most uh, biased uh, members finally stepped over the, you know, over what, what's acceptable. And he ended up resigning because of that. And I think, again, huh. that was another lesson. I mean, we sometimes have um, legislators that like to show us their guns um, uh, and things like that, or, um, but they they kind of realize that there's there's a like it's not like it used to be where where you could easily intimidate another legislator because there are repercussions and yeah. i think the media plays a huge part of that because they're there they're filming things they hear right. things they watch social media and they'll pick up on it and and you know make it a big deal which is you know quite helpful well, plus that you have social media and you have a camera too, so that's yep. got to help. I I, I got to give a shout out to uh, State Representative uh, uh, Jamie Becker Finn because I know when you were representative, I think there was a lot of harsh words to her uh, prior to you, be, you being senator. And mm-hmm. uh, do you remember that? That was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Representative Becker Finn speaks her mind and she speaks her truth. And she will call out those that, you know, either misrepresent information, out and out lie about it, or, um, you know, are trying to really do harm to not only our our, um, Native communities, but other communities. And so she is a a force to be reckoned with. And again, um, if you've been uh, I hate to say it this way, but bitten by the snake, you know not to go back and, and continue to antagonize and right. antagonize her. So, yeah, she's well, a good, strong one. And, you know, I it, it's great. I got to give a shout out to the Matt McNeil show here on AM 950 uh, in the Twin Cities. I know we're all over uh, Turtle Island here with the show, but I just got to give him a shout out because it really uh, he pays a lot of attention to what's going down. And I heard. I heard about it on his show, and she was on. So big kudos yeah. to Matt McNeil. Hey, yeah. State Senator, you got uh, uh, time to do another show? I mean, you another bet. segment? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and we're here with State Senator Mary Kunish. We'll be right back after the short break. <laughs> Ima 
Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. In this critical time for Indian country, voting is crucial to protecting the land, water, and communities. Voting creates collective power in securing our planet's future amid climate chaos. Engage in personal conversations with loved ones to ensure they are making informed voting choices. Register to vote. And don't forget that 16- and 17-year-olds can pre-register to vote in Minnesota. NACTI is asking us to stand together and make voting a tradition. Go to NACTI.org to learn more and make your pledge to vote. I love my Toyota vehicles, so when it's time for me to get my service done, there's only one place I go. Rudy Luther Toyota. They know Toyota's inside and out. It starts with them checking your alignment and tire treads with their Hunter Quick Check Drive Inspection Service. Oil changes, tires, batteries, wipers, no matter what you need done, they can help you with reliable Toyota parts and the best service team in Minnesota. Check out their website, RudyLutherToyota.com, for service and parts specials just for Toyota vehicles. Get your Toyota serviced at Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Cloudy tonight with a low of 69, then Saturday a chance of rain and storms with a high of 85. Get paid to upgrade. Warner Stellion will buy your appliance for $50 during our trade-in sale. No one else saves you more time from shopping to free professional delivery like Warner Stellion. Put us to the test. Shop Minnesota family-owned warnerstellion.com. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. Did you see that, State Senator? Uh, Haley was talking with her her mic muted, and I was wondering. You know, she's been on that. I'm going to show her my coffee cup here. You're there you go. mute there. I hey. was on mute. That was my <laughs> bad. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. Yes, they do, and they had a nice uh, ceremony, a full moon ceremony for women, just uh, a day or go, uh, two days ago, and. Uh, we always have Dr. Stately on, too, to talk about what's going on in the avenue and uh, what's going on medically with uh, us. And I don't know if you heard this, State Senator, but uh, I've read this a couple different places in the last couple of days that COVID's coming back in a different strain and they're going to have a booster come fall. So that's a uh, kind of gives me a pause. Yeah, um, actually, it's so interesting because I was just looking at an, a text from my daughter. She uh, w- went to a, a retreat for work and came back because they had everybody do a quick test before they went into this big group meeting, and she tested positive Whoa. for COVID. So she came back, and her dad is um, um, out of the country, so nobody's at his house, so she's over there. And so we're talking about daycare because her little girl is in daycare and she's supposed to come over tomorrow. And do I want to take her? Should they test her? But um, I did hear that there is another strain that's um, coming out and and that we will probably all want to get boosted again or uh, by the fall time because it just keeps morphing. You know, once we get it under control, it seems to morph into something else. Well, let's let's be clear. We never got it under control because we had uh, half the 
half the country listening to somebody that was out of his mind about, uh, even though he got a vaccine, he was telling everyone else not to get a vaccine. So darn it, that's stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to be angry when you have almost a million uh, citizens of the United States die over this and, uh, and still popping up in different variances, as you said. Yeah. And I mean, knock on wood, but I haven't had it yet. You know, I was just going to ask you that. Um, Haley, have you had it? Uh, geez, a couple of years ago, I did. You know, I, I did test positive once and it was a mild, mild strain. But um, ever since I did have it, I've been coming up with like my test results, like immune compromised. So I don't oh. know. Yeah. So hopefully I don't get it again. because Weird. Yeah. And huh. Wendy had it. And I didn't have it. And we were at the same function where we do believe Wendy got it. And it was funny. It was in New York uh, State Center. It was in New York at a family function. Uh, Nobody had it up to that point. And so, and Wendy and I were both there and uh, she got it and then had to stay in New York for another week. And I did not get it. Um, So I, it's, I don't know. I always say that I'm going to just, uh, Cause I never got sick either as a high school teacher, but I right. would bring it, bring it home to her and, and maybe I was a carrier and, you know, she'd get a cold and we didn't know where it was from, but yeah, I don't know if there's such a thing, but I just feel like one day I'm just going to drop dead because I never do get sick. <laughs> you know, I, that's so interesting. I, um, I too rarely, rarely was sick when I was teaching and I never got the flu shot. I've never had a flu shot. Well, and- yeah. I had to be convinced. Can I tell you a story about the flu shot? So I always thought, well, that's a different strain and blah, blah, blah. But Wendy explained it to me. And, you know, everybody here that listens, Wendy was a MTM pharmacist for, you know, 30 years and uh, in the medical field. So I listened to her when she brings up stuff like that. But what made sense to me about the flu shot was this after she explained it to me and is that. You're not so much uh, getting a flu shot for the strain this season, so to speak, because a lot of times you'll hear, oh, it's only 40% effective, blah, blah, blah. You're getting it for the long haul. So it's for different strains. So I get a shot this time. It's for another strain, possibly this strain. So it's protecting me in the future, too. So I I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was I don't know if I was what would be called an anti-vaxxer, but I never really thought. Uh, twice about uh, getting a uh, flu shot until about 15 years ago. And yeah, yeah, so I don't know. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, 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 no. That makes perfect sense. You know, and I, um, you know, I, I, my parents brought us up with sort of natural healing. I think mostly because they couldn't afford to get us to the doctor. But I, and my mom used a lot of the practices of the old time, you know, gargle with salt water. If you have a headache, go lay down, um, a cough, you know, honey and lemon, um, all of those things. And I don't remember, I come from this really large family and I don't remember us really getting sick. I mean, we had chicken pox together but, you know, not um, getting really sick. But we, you know, if you read about it, um, getting kids outside, letting them play yeah. in the dirt, build up that natural immunity that we have, you mm-hmm. know, in nature. And when we were growing up, we grew up uh, in a little town that where the Mississippi River and the Watab Creek met. So we we played all summer long, we were outside, yep. you know, running up and down the creek, playing in the river. Um, there were farms all around us. We were in the thick of it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in some, and my family doesn't get real, real sick. I mean, they had COVID and, um, you know, maybe some other ailments. But um, in general, we're, we're a really pretty healthy group of people. And so I really do believe in that natural immunity. Let kids get out there and dig in the dirt and eat a worm and, right. you know, play in the water the and, and, you know, build it up in a natural way. But I don't know. Things yeah, are just we, different. We were, we were always out too. And we went up to the lake every weekend and, you know, things like that. And I know there was many, many, many summers for me that I didn't wear shoes all summer. No. You know, and yeah. now it's like my delicate feet. I need to, 
I need slippers in the house. <laughs> oh my gosh. I remember getting terrible, terrible poison ivy though. That I oh. do remember. And it'd be like between our toes and at night it would just oh. drive us nuts. But um, yeah, we didn't, we went shoeless a lot of the time. And that's a good thing. And that's a native thing too, to get close to mother earth. And I think mm-hmm. people talk about healing and I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but I know if you're not feeling good, the best medicine is to go barefoot out in your backyard mm. or outside or, or somewhere. Um, go lay down on the, you know, in the grass uh, or, you know, go to the yeah. water. The water yeah. is really my healing kind of place. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we got a cut, we got a, some more time here in the segment and I'm wondering what the, what do you got going uh, uh, in the next week or so? Yeah. Well, tonight I get to do a walk on uh, for our local community um, play that's being put on. It's yeah, it's newsies. Uh, So it's the um, Disney's movie about, um, you know, the newspaper, and it actually has a lot of good lessons around unions and things like that. And so I got invited um, to do a walk-in spot. So I'm going to go do that this this evening. And, um, you know, next week is is sort of a, um, it seems like it's going to be a quiet week, but I always have a way to fill it in. Um, my daughter's going to have her food truck at Irish Fest, so I promised to go help her two days prep food for that. But I have a cousin. Um, her name is Mo- Mona Susa- Susan Power, and she has a new book coming out. And so she's going to have like a, a book signing and whatever at um, Birch Bark on Tuesday night. So I'm going to get over there. We went up to, um, we drove up to Palisade this past weekend. There was a, oh, one of our relatives passed away. And mm. so uh, my sisters and I and, and Mona Susan went up there to pay our respects. And um, she gave me one of her books. So I've been reading it. I've just been letting myself read a little bit every day. Otherwise, I think I would sit down and read it. There's, um, there's a lot of family family threads in there shall we say that mm-hmm. and um i i i love her writing i love her books her first book was the grass dancer yes. um but this might be my favorite yeah wow. hey it's so let me just jump in here really quick because we only have a couple minutes left and uh the irish fest is that down in uh, harried island i think so yeah, it usually is at Herring Island in St. Paul. So if you're in the Twin Cities, I uh, got the Irish Fest, and you might run into State Senator Mary Kunish. And uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, t- I'm still a little stunned about your daughter having COVID. Uh, but uh, we got to get not out that there. one. It's not that one. It's the other one. <laughs> right. Yes. The one that introduced uh, Bernie Sanders at the. Bernie yes. Yeah. That's Elian. Yep. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and then we always tell the story about how you got going and, and your daughters helped you, uh, um, jump into this, uh, avenue and we're really ha- this venue and really happy that you have, uh, first become state representative of your area and now state Senator of the great, uh, state of Minnesota. And so we're grateful for your daughters. Yeah, I am too. I am too, and I have my son, so you know, you know. He's your favorite, I know. <laughs> you won't say anything to your daughter. Yeah, I, it, family's just great. I, I just have to say that for sure. <laughs> and then I just remember your son too. When COVID, when we'd run into each other, uh, he had uh, long hair at the time, and then he finally got it cut because of uh, of a, uh, a wedding coming. Yes, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, his buddy's like, hey, you got to cut your hair, pal. (laughs) I was like, thank you. Thank you for making him do that. (laughs) Exactly. Well, hey, thank you for being on, State Senator. And uh, any last, uh, we got a minute here. We got uh, any last uh, uh, updates or you feel or you want to give any shout outs to anyone? I mean, you have some great colleagues out there. Um, You know, I just want to really thank the folks at FarmFest for all the good work that they did out there. Um, It was very friendly um, in the past. You know, we might have seen some of our, 
our past president supporters, but um, you know that is that was a little intimidating and off-putting. But this time around, it really felt uh, friendly and supportive. And um, we, uh, I, I, I want to thank Eric Putnam, who was the chair in Senate for. He's a professor up in. Uh, St. John's University, and he was assigned uh, chair of agriculture, and he's done an outstanding job of it. So uh, kudos to him. Well, and kudos to our government helping out our farmers. And we always have to remember DFL, Democratic Farmer Labor. Yeah. And yep. hopefully that will come back in a good way. And it sounds like it's in, the, in a good direction, State Senator. Thank you. All right. Hey, we'll be back with uh, Wendy with our sacred animal section. You are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake. Stay with us. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Metro Transit is proud to offer the free use of Ira for transit trips, an app that connects blind and low-vision customers to a live agent for navigation assistance. Ira can help you determine your location, read schedules, find your next transfer, navigate stations and platforms, and general trip planning, and is now available in Spanish. Learn more and download the app at aira.io. That's A-I-R-A dot I-O. Minnesotans age 65 plus might qualify for Health Partners Minnesota Senior Health Options. The plan includes personal support, coverage for medical prescription drugs and dental, plus over 30 extra benefits. Eligibility information is available at healthpartners.com slash one plan. Health Partners is a health plan that contracts with both Medicare and the Minnesota Medical Assistance Medicaid program to provide benefits of both programs to enrollees. Enrollment in Health Partners depends on contract renewal. In this critical time for Indian country, voting is crucial to protecting the land, water, and communities. Voting creates collective power in securing our planet's future amid climate chaos. Engage in personal conversations with loved ones to ensure they are making informed voting choices. Register to vote. And don't forget that 16- and 17-year-olds can pre-register to vote in Minnesota. NACTI is asking us to stand together and make voting a tradition. Go to NACTI.org to learn more and make your pledge to vote. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, welcome back to Neighbor Native Roots Radio. I was going to say, we're neighbor, you know, wow, Wendy, welcome to Neighbor neighborhood radio native roots radio here on am 950 hey it's a fun fact friday with wendy so this portion is supported by howling for wolves protecting wolves for future generations Hello. it's always as good to start out the fourth segment with a little mess up just to prove that i'm human wendy absolutely we're hey. all human <laughs> <laughs> right on. Hey, so uh, I want to introduce my awesome and beautiful wife, Wendy. Wendy's been an animal advocate for many years, and she solves problems at her house, too, by the way, if you guys need any help with that. Um, but you're an animal advocate, and welcome. Yes. Hi, everybody. My name is Hanaji Hihani. That means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajingo, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the local and state level. And it's always my pleasure to do that. And you know what, Robert? Sometimes <laughs> I follow my own advice. Oh. So yeah, last week I was talking about, um, you know, it's so hot and how we could help 
um, the animals outside that uh, one of the things was to put um, a bowl outside, a shallow bowl with either marbles or rocks in it with some water so that the bees and, and you know, little critters would go on the little rocks and drink the water instead of drowning in the water. So I did that. And what did I get? I, I got a picture of... A bee. A bee drinking, drinking the water standing on a rock. It's probably fermented and the bees buzzed. And the other thing I uh, was talking about on the radio was how someone sh- um, shredded an apple, Uh-oh. shredded an apple and put it in a shallow bowl with a little bit of water because at the end of the season, at the end of the summer, there's a lot of dead flowers and the bees are looking for sugar they don't they're running out of sugar so um i put a a shallow bowl out with a shredded apple in it i added a little bit of water and guess what i took a picture of just momentarily before we did the segment a bee and a fly drinking the juice yeah so the bees will land on the fruit and drink the sugar that they need for energy from the apple, but they'll also get water. So, so yeah. not only are we supporting our, our, our native nations all over the Turtle Island, we're also supporting insect nation. I Absolutely. We need insects. That's right. <laughs> we need insects. Do you yes. remember that bat that I brought to the Wildlife Rehabilitation Center like oh last God. year? So a friend of was mine. Was that a year? That was more than a year ago. Might have been. So a friend of mine just put a uh, post up on Facebook that he got a bat that needed help and it was anybody available to bring it to the Wildlife Rehabilitation Center here in uh, Rosedale, Rosedale, Minnesota. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll go pick up the bat. And I picked up the bat and brought it in. But they, they said that the bat died of starvation oh. because there's not enough insects because that's what the bat the bats eat and because so so many people use so many pesticides to kill all the bugs there's not enough bugs for the bats so so what's really exciting before you get on Wendy just look out our window I was talking about this the last couple days and just watching all the bees in the in the garden that you uh, made and all the butterflies Uh, there's a lot of butterflies out there and we get a lot of monarchs also so our front yard is we have no lawn we get we have a prairie garden and it's all native minnesota plants uh that attract bees butterflies hummingbirds and again we're supporting insect nation we are we need them i need a t-shirt it's an ecosystem it's an ecosystem but hey you know i was talking about the uh the the fact site that's what i'm on it's hashtag the fact site and it's 300 random animal facts and we've been 500 that's 300 and we started from 300 and we're working our way to number one and um i'm looking for the paper i just wrote the guy's name down on but anyway (laughs) i'm going to start at um this might be one that i've mentioned before but it's very interesting. Male dogs will raise their legs while urinating to aim higher on a tree or lamppost because they want to leave the message that they are tall and intimidating. Some wild <laughs> dogs in Africa try to run up trees while they are urinating to appear very large. That explains my drinking days. Uh-oh. <laughs> the starfish is the only animal capable of turning its stomach inside out. Ick. I know that's nasty, Gross. right? Birds can recognize landmarks which they use to help them navigate. So oh, they'd be like, wow. "Oh, there's the pilot's house. They always have nice the food <laughs> in their uh, backyard, and they always have fresh water." Let me go over there. But we just got a new roof put on our house from Snap, snap Construction. construction. Oh. I can't oh. snap. I wanted to snap, snap. Well, anyway, they did a fantastic job and we're very happy. Yeah, we cross-promoted there. That was brilliant. I know, isn't that? Ferrets can sleep around 20 hours a day. <laughs> There's only 24 hours in a day and they they sleep for 20 of them. Sounds hey, like me. That, that's weird. You don't know if they're sick or not. It's just like they're supposed to be sleeping that long. I know. Uh, let's see here. Only 5 to 10% of cheetah cubs make it to adulthood what yeah only five to ten percent of cheetah cubs make it to adulthood that's a hard life that's a really hard life this is kind of nasty a starving mouse will eat its own tail 
Oh. I know. The average chicken lays about 260 eggs per year. But when they pump them up with those hormones at the factory farm, it's probably double. Did you know that squirrels cannot see the color red? I wonder how they tested that. (laughs) They had all different color, like peanuts yeah. like and they didn't see the red one they walked by it maybe they spray painted a peanut red yeah I and the squirrel didn't see it but he would have smelt it i guess a large group of goats is called a gaggle any, any a gaggle of goats <laughs> no a herd <laughs> that was a trick question no the most popular female dog name is do you want to guess? Uh, female dog Female name. dog name. Yeah. Uh, Fido? What? Female. Maggie. <laughs> and the most popular that. and the post the most popular male dog name is Brutus. Max. Oh. Yeah. I believe that. An elephant's trunk has around fifteen thousand muscles. 200 liters of water is drunk from it per day. But you know what? People think that the elephant uses their tusk as like a straw, but they don't. They suck up the water and then they squirt it in their mouth. Oh, that's yeah. a good call. Yeah. People think that they use their tusk as a well, straw. They've been watching. That's false. Cartoons and go, go, go. Hey, we do the animal facts here. You should know that. Oh. You can tell a turtle's gender by the noise it makes. <laughs> Males, this is this should be for humans too. Males grunt and females hiss. Oh God, yes. Mm. Let me just say, mm. yeah, this is a sad one, but I I will ha- I will end on a happy note. One million stray dogs and five hundred thousand stray cats live in New York City metropolitan area. So we all need to adopt, do not shop. Jeez. Okay. We were talking about this before. A bat can eat up to a thousand insects per hour. Hour. Wow. Stop using pesticides. Right. Right? Let those. I know. They eat mosquitoes. Okay. And- listen to this and see if you could guess what it is. Torophobia. Torophobia is the fear of. Horses. Close. Bulls. Oh, Toro. Toro. Yeah. Yeah, Bulls. Bulls. I should have thought that through. That makes sense. The hippopotamus is born underwater. Every time I hear that word, I think of... uh, Hippopotamus? Impossimus. Wasn't that from uh, Wizard of Oz? Something like that? I don't know. (laughs) It's Fun Fact Friday. All right. this This is a fun fact, but important to know if you have a dog. Small quantities of grapes and raisins can cause renal failure in dogs. Oh. So they should not eat grapes and they should not eat raisins. Got about 30 seconds. Oh, a rodent's teeth never stop growing. (laughs) (laughs) When young abalones feed on red seaweed, their shells turn red. Hey, I want to thank uh, Wendy. I want to thank State Senator Mary Kunish and Haley. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. See you Monday. Everyone have a good weekend. Free Leonard Peltier. Now.